Well, hello and welcome to uh, today's webinar as part of the Kinexus Continuous Improvement Webinar Series. Uh, I am Mark Graven, a senior advisor with Kinexus, and I'm happy to play the role of host and moderator today for a presentation titled Building a Learning Organization, Leadership Practices and Human Skills that Promote Learning. And it's going to be presented today by Sabrina Malter, who is joining us uh, from Germany. And I'll tell you more about Sabrina and her background in a minute. So I'm very excited that, uh, that we have Sabrina here to share with us today. Let me introduce and tell you a little bit more about our presenter today, Sabrina Malter. Sabrina is passionate about creating a work environment where everyone can bring their full self to work and to make the boldest impact for the organization and beyond. She loves to challenge, encourage, and support organizations that embark on their learning and growth journeys. So Sabrina brings her passion to life as a leadership and learning coach and consultant at her own business, uh, Unveil Business Consulting. She understands the power of lean thinking and working toward her vision with a special expertise and skill in things including kata coaching, leadership development, and, and cultural change. Sabrina's 25 years of industry background brought her experience and expertise in business transformation, organizational development, and strategy management. Her education includes uh, an MSc degree in sustainability management from the Open University UK, as well as further study on leading people-centered change, leadership coaching, and professional resilience. So Sabrina lives with her husband and two daughters in the south of Germany. Um, and so with that, um, welcome. Thank you for being here, Sabrina. Let me turn it over to you. Thank you very much for having me. I'm so excited and happy to be with you and with all the participants today. And to talk about this topic, building a learning organization, which is very, very dear to my heart and I'm very passionate about. Um, yes, and so let's start. I'm quite happy to, um, during the during uh, the session, to um, I have some questions for you, for the audience, and also to uh, answer your questions later. In this talk, we will cover first why we have to build a learning organization deliberately. Why doesn't it come just from itself? Because um, each child loves to learn, and it's not that every adult person um, yes forgets, forgets this or or loses this. Why? But why do we um, have to create it deliberately in organizations? And second, <laughs> uh, what leadership practices and what human skills promote organizational learning? What can we do with leadership practices with human skill building? to really to move towards this learning organization. So the challenge when um, in my when I'm um, with customers and um, leading a strategy or facilitating strategy uh, meetings or strategy development sessions, and um, we are talking about the vision or on, on the challenge, um, what do they want to achieve? Um, as you might expect, uh, most of the time they want to um, increase performance in some area, in some area. And when we look a little bit deeper and ask a little bit deeper what's behind this, then we come most of the times or every, every time in my experience, we come to this challenge. We have to unveil the potential of our people and with that of our organization so that we can, can move to another level of performance. And um, what's needed in our world with interdependencies, with complexity and uncertainty um, in an organization to move towards unveiling the potential of the people that's not coming naturally. And why? Why is this this way? I brought you this cartoon just for illustration with this, let's say it's a, a board meeting and the CEO is just presenting his new program or a merger that he's planning. It's very confident and uh, looking forward to, to this and yeah, convinced that's a good idea. And so he requests to the, to the round, um, all in favor, say aye. And what he gets is exactly that. What he can hear is exactly that. Um, what he can't hear, you can read in the bubbles, no, no, a thousand times no, heaven forbid. And um, perhaps it's a little bit extreme, but um, Everyone is holding back their concerns. They are not voicing it. And why are they not voicing their concern? They're perhaps, um, that's the decision. Um, there's a 
would be a benefit for the business, but that's work and in the future. And on the other hand, um, if I don't say anything, I have perhaps a personal benefit for me that the impression of everyone else of myself doesn't get uh, yeah, negative in a way. Uh, perhaps they have um, yeah, are, are holding back because they are thinking, oh, if I say something, my boss won't like it. He really won't like it. I know him. I know how he perhaps um, reacted in the past if someone says something negative about his um, yeah, baby project or whatever. Um, and so they are holding back. And I brought you um, with intention this, this um, um, illustration with these six guys who are all looking very much similar. Um, it's not a diversity topic. It's not that you have to be the only one in the room um, to hold back. This impression management, it's coming, it's so, so common and um, we learn it as when childhood in school and when we're coming out of school, we are quite good at it and it works. It, it works to, um, yes, help us manage our impre the impression of others. Um, but yes, to a price. And what this round should really do, what's that job is to work um, on the concerns, to work um, if someone sees a, a risk, if, they should work on risk mitigation. That's their job, and but they don't. And so the cost is that they don't do that job, and that they miss opportunities to improve this um, this idea. Even if it it's not crushing the business totally, it could certainly have been improved if they would work on the concerns that pop up in their heads. So um, Amy Edmondson did some amazing research on this topic on impression management and also on the topic of psychological safety. Psychological safety, that's the term stands for an environment where you um, yeah, where you feel certainly um, um, able to, to voice your concerns, but also expected even more than just able, expected to voice your concern. It's a major contribution as well as um, sharing your mistakes or near mistakes so that everyone can learn, that everyone with your whole organization can learn from um, your concerns, can work with them, can learn from your mistakes or near mistakes. You share your half-baked ideas and you don't wait um, until you think they're perfect now and develop it on your own. You share it and so the organization has a huge benefit. It can, the, um, It's much faster and everyone learns from this, doing to, doing it together, develop, developing ideas further, learning from mistakes or near mistakes. And, and so um, in this, what you see here in this graph from Amy Edmondson is what I really want, would like to, to look at is this high performance with high performance standards because low performance standards, it's perhaps not so common and it's at least, it's not interesting, I think for, for us um, to be in the apathy, uh, zone or even in a comfort zone where yeah I'm I, I know I can share everything but yeah it's nothing that really um helps us to grow but if they are if you have high performance standards if like in, in most organizations and we have um low psychological safety like in the cartoon um Amy Atmosen speaks of the anxiety zone people are afraid to voice their concerns and they just don't do it impression management um, yeah, leads to um, the silence winning over voice. And if you have, on the other hand, a perfectly psychologically safe, safe environment, you're in the learning zone, which is definitely the high performance zone. Um, yeah, and therefore it's clear where we would like to be, not only that it's much more comfortable for everyone, but also it's leading to higher performance. And the anxiety zone is really a, yeah, um, it's it's a um, place um, where things can go really wrong because people just in the cartoon voice what they think someone else, the leader, would like to hear, but they don't voice reality and you couldn't work on as, as a team, as a leadership team, as an organization on the things that are perhaps going wrong or on the risks. So we want to be in the learning zone. 
And what's our actual condition? And now um, I've brought you this, this bar zero to 10. Zero would be this toxic, unsafe environment uh, where we absolutely don't raise even critical concerns, where we engage in backstabbing, we focus on our energy on self-protection. Or in the middle, it's an acceptable level, as long as the need for adaptability is low. Or we would be in the, on a really high level, and that's on a 10 here, what's really needed for, for a disruptive environment. We would collaborate effectively across silos and expertise. We would consistently speak up with ideas, with questions, con concerns, would share our mistakes. Uh, we would engage in conflict without fear and reprisal. And we, as an organization, would adapt to change effectively. That would be the perfect world in this category. And now I would like you to um, type into the chat um, just spontaneously, what do you think, where is your team or your organization currently on this um, yeah, continuum between zero to 10? What's so, your number? So I see a couple of numbers coming through here. Okay, wow, there's a flurry of numbers. Um, seven, three, 7.5, three, six, 7.5, five, five, three, eight, six, six, eight, five, five, six, seven, five, four, four, two point five. Someone else says their team is a ten, the organization is a six more broadly. Mm -hmm. Four, six point five, seven, eight, six, nine. Mine has decreased over time. It's now a five. That's an interesting observation. Yeah. So nobody nobody said 10 for the whole organization. I think we only had one nine. Yes, and also eight is I would say it's really great and congratulations. It's, um, I, I'm quite sure you won't um, change your, your current workplace. Um, but what I've also heard um, is that most of, and that's that's really what's what I what's what I learned in my experience, that most of all the answers are really here in this middle. We don't have a clearing psychological safety problem, so that everyone just talks about toxic environment all the time, but we engage in impression management mm. mostly all of the time, and we get little pay off from HL initiatives. That's kind of an indicator where you really can see it because you're not sharing, but I just said before, you're not sharing your ideas and you're not working together on, on half-baked ideas. You're just yeah. doing that perhaps on your own or decide not to do it at all because on your own you don't have the time. Um, I also heard this on threes, that's really, yeah, um, that would be really a bigger issue, um, but yeah, I um, would say most of the most of the people um, mentioned around uh, five, and that's also what what I learned from my experience. Let, let me, let, I'm sorry to jump in, which just once more, there was a comment I think you would find interesting. Uh, yeah, the, CE, the CEO would say ten. Most employees would say three. Yeah, that would, would totally fit to our cartoon. I'm quite sure that this CEO and this cartoon would also be perfectly convinced it's a 10. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. That's also perhaps an indicator if the CEO says a 10. Yeah. So let's look how we could change that. Um, leadership practices to promote organizational learning. So what, when I just go on now to, uh, to this um, se second and third part, it's really an overview. Um, we couldn't. We could talk about each of these points to, um, for two hours or more. Um, yes, but it's an overview. But that doesn't mean that you can't learn something valuable and that you can't learn something that you can put into action immediately. So just before I go on, I would like to invite you really um, when you hear something what sounds oh that's perhaps quite obvious. Yes, but something that sounds quite quite obvious doesn't mean that uh, we always we already are able to do that because um, many things like for example later um, effective listening are easy to explain and easy to understand but hard to implement hard to do each day and so it's really these things which are quite obvious you don't need much theory 
but uh, you need much deliberate practice and learning and development cycles um, yeah, to, to get something out there. So please look out for what sounds perhaps obvious, but it's not the case in your organization. So my first um, leadership practice is really frame learning as the most critical or at least one of the most critical contributions and invite all frames. So to do that, you have to encourage sharing half-baked ideas, concerns and mistakes, and even dissent if you want really to think deeply um, about a topic. Um, you have to encourage failing fast and course correcting so you can uh, hope to get innovation from that. And you have to encourage following the procedures, the current best practice, as well as consciously deviations based on professional judgment and then sharing this so that you move to excellence. You also help people who are very um, convinced of their high level of expertise, um, not just to do something that's not following the procedure, but also to share it so that you all could learn. The second, and yes, it's not a hierarchy. It's not that it's, it's less um, important, perhaps it's more. It's really to build trust, um, to build trust with appreciative responses to contribution. And that's perhaps one point which, which sounds so obvious, but it's so hard. If you are thinking um, of yourself, you're um, so excited about a project, for example, and share it with your team, um, and you get critical contributions, you might be, um, if you are not really perfect, <laughs> as I am, um, I'm not really perfect, <laughs> um, you might be, and you might, um, yeah, you might not like it, and people might read that on your face, even if you don't say anything critical. So that's really a hard one, really to be really appreciative of critical responses. And that needs to be your attitude. If you only say, yes, thank you, but everyone can read your face because it's just a learned um, yeah, phrase, then it wouldn't work. Um, yeah, you have to, um, you can build trust with regular check-ins and going to the Gemba, you all know that, going to the place where the work is done, showing respect and genuine interest in people and their work experience not just going there and looking for the process and how to improve it, that's important, um, but at the same time, showing really respect and this genuine interest in the people. You can build trust by modeling and demanding inclusive behavior. Just as I said in the beginning, it's not a um, topic of inclusivity or exclusivity. Um, that's perhaps only the half truth. Um, if you do all the other points, but it's an exclusive behavior um, where perhaps people uh, yeah, are abolished because of race, sexuality, whatsoever, um, you won't get their voices because they're all the time there, um, yes, and have their brain power. I, I would suggest, if I think of myself, um, is on asking themselves why people are behaving that way. So you also have to modeling and demanding inclusive behavior, um, also because it's just the right thing to do. And by leading with kindness, because kindness is really powerful when you have to build trust. It doesn't mean low performance standards, don't get me wrong. You can have high performance standards and um, yeah, encourage to, to get there with kindness. Um, but it's just as my friend, uh, Linford Fisher, professional coach and consultant, Karen Ross, put it in a, into words, it's just the antidote to fear. And if you have, uh, if you want to have a psychological safe environment, you have to, uh, to yeah, you have to find an antidote to, to, to fear. And one thing is the expectation that you voice. Expectation, what I just voice, uh, said as a first point, expectation that learning is, is expected and that's you're, yeah, that you have to, that it's expected um, that you contribute in this way to the learning of the organization. And it's really an important contribution to performance. But the other half um, is really to act and lead with kindness. Indepe um, not dependent on your role, uh, of if you are a formal leader or not. So for everyone. And I thought leadership practice 
um, that I brought is acceler to accelerate learning is to establish platforms for sharing mistakes, problems, learnings, um, to use um, coaching questions to promote learning in one-on-ones or with, uh, within every kind of, of meetings and to deliberately ask for problems from mistakes and learnings during, for example, operation reviews or project reviews during your regular meetings. Um, in this context, I really like this um, quote from Fujiu Cho, the former uh, chairman of Toyota, um, um, to frame the work um, problem solving as a team sport. And he said uh, in a meeting where someone um, just presented yeah, how, how well his team performs and did a little bit, um, yeah, um, um, explaining what how how fine everything is and what what's a great what a great team he leads and what a good manager he is. Um, and he responded, we all know you are a good manager and otherwise we would not have hired you, but please talk to us about our problems so we can work on them together. And again, um, like in this um, cartoon, it's really the job of this, um, yeah, really expensive um, um, senior management meetings. Uh, when, you, when you think of all the people that are sitting there um, and spend their time not to hear that everyone is perfect, but really to work together on problems, on concerns, and so on. So I really like this quote. And I also like a quote of um, Isao Yoshino, a former Toyota leader, um, who also, um, yeah, who also um, lead, uh, um, led a, a major leadership development program. And he says, the only secret to Toyota is its attitude towards learning. And that's really, um, yeah, not, not only um, learning like you could perhaps in understand it in one dimension, it's really um, multi-dimension um, sense of learning. It's not only um, creating, for example, meetings to share to share problems and learn, as I just said, it's really also to, um, as a leadership, an important leadership practice um, that you develop your people while you are developing yourself. So everyone's learning um, in this, um, according to this idea. And that leads us to human skills to promote organization and learnings. Um, because in the end, everyone in the organization has to learn and to develop um, the leaders and um, all the people in the organization. And the first one, it's really, as I just um, uh, mentioned earlier, it's really very easy to grasp and very hard to uh, master. It's, uh, it's listening and it's so important. It's perhaps the most important yeah, skill to master, to listen with your whole being. That's not only that you are not yeah, kind of typing some, something in your phone um, while there's a presentation. And even this, this obvious um, thing we perhaps see often enough, I have seen often enough, um, it's, it's really also being present in the moment. And if there's a thought coming, just let it go. and come back and listen. And so you need much intention to do so. Um, not thinking what you would like to answer next, not thinking of your a brilliant idea, not thinking of the next meeting. And that's that's really a hard one. And so you, I would really encourage to, to work on that with um, setting your intention in the morning perhaps or starting the week, setting your intention. Um, planning some concrete steps that you would like to do, like perhaps, yeah, um, always coming back if you if you recognize that you're wandering away or thinking of your answer. And then in the evening or end of the week, reflecting and adjusting uh, what you could do as a next step. And yeah, by seeing or totally seeing and um, acknowledging people, when you really hear with all your senses, uh, you, sh you show respect um, for the common humanity of everyone. And so you would, with this behavior, you will also invite people um, to share their ideas because they know um, that they will be listened and they feel that it's important what they have to say. 
So I brought you um, just because uh, I like it so much a quote fr um, from African Zulu. It's an African Zulu greeting, Sabuwana, and it means I see you, and by seeing you, I bring you into being. And that sounds very poetic, but it's really what people experience when you listen to them really consciously, with presence, and don't get distracted. It's really what they are feeling. What I brought to you next um, as a human skill is communication. Um, if you kind of, yeah, perhaps not mastered, but uh, worked on your listening skills, you, um, it's it's the logical next step uh, to communicate. How to how do you communicate? Uh, the other part, um, um, it's not only listening; it's also talking and interacting and your gestures and so on. And to communicate in a compassionate and in a, co in a connective way. And um, my um, suggestion suggestion is um, based on non-violent communication, and that's just to um, as a kind of like a starter cutter, like a starter um, yeah routine um, until you you kind of get on a nearly master level, um, you're just starting with your observation, your feeling, your needs and requests. And perhaps you know that from giving effective feedback because it's very important in this um, in this um, context, but also in other contexts. Observation, feelings, needs and requests. And again, it sounds quite easy, but I would again invite you to do this reflection, intention, um, doing and adjusting cycle. Um, to improve your way forward. Um, second, the foundation, yeah, yes, I just said that, the foundation for providing and receiving feedback effectively and to um, transform a feedback conversation, which is perhaps most of the time, um, yeah, not so comfortable into a really connective, connecting conversation. Um, and third, um, it builds psychological safety and trust in teams if you um, yeah, move towards more compassionate and connective um, communication. And this leads me to a third um, human skill um, that promotes organizational learning that I brought you, and it's asking great question. Again, you may say, yeah, I've heard this before, and um, even what I show you to ask open-ended questions, to go for what and how questions, and to avoid prompting and leading questions, um, you might have heard this before, but doing this um, also in stressful situation could be hard. So asking great uh, questions is also um, obviously the foundation of effective coaching. And perhaps if you are moving, to, moving towards um, a learning organization, um, you would also like to um, yeah, teach your people, leaders, um, to um, the basics of coaching, to set up peer-to-peer -peer coaching teams um, so that the participants could really work with that and get better. Um, they don't, in my experience, they don't need a very sophisticated coaching um, education. It's really not much more as these three basics, a little bit um, um, practicing and a little bit um, yeah, input on effective questions to, to think more broadly and to open the perspective. And then they can just start uh, with practicing with peer-to-peer -peer coaching while working on their day-to-day -day work because they often have not the time to do some extra development uh, development trainings, but really working on their on their work on their work. And by the way, you would um, build new connections, you would help people networking perhaps across silos. Um, and so I really recommend think about uh, setting up this training for your leaders, for your people leaders, and um, set up cross-functional peer-to-peer coaching teams. So I have another question for you. And I would like to know which obstacles are preventing your organization or your team, just what you like to focus on from becoming an organization. Please take one or two minutes, just um, give yourself some time, and um, I would be happy if you would um, type your answer into the chat, if you like.
and I'll read off some of those that come through. Firefighting. Yeah. <laughs> Fear. Time, lack of enough workers. A culture of knowing versus learning. I see that a lot. Traditional management practices. Learning is not seen as a priority. It takes too much time. Uh, production focus with industrial age management. Overburden. Constantly, constant management changeover. Turnover, I guess. Um, low investment in educators or coaches. Lack of prioritization. Being under-resourced. Not knowing what's in the value chain of the company. Too busy. Lack of buy-in to new initiatives. Feel like we're so busy, we're not even listening. Um, paradigms of the people who allocate the resources and lead do not believe in it. In the, that learning, I guess. Fear of failure. Lack of patience. Learning is not a strategic goal. There's not enough time designated for learning. Um, urgency of work to recover from COVID impact. Uh, listening, not hearing. Uh, upper management's not on board, um, always focused on short-term goals. Um, learning only happens when we get trained. I can learn on my own. That's an interesting mindset that's out there. Um, misbelief that's not necessary, lack of mentoring. And then the final, final one, we'll leave it here. There's no incentive for reflection. Yeah. That's an interesting Yes. Idea. Yes, and it's it's yeah. Uh, I would say, unfortunately, it's it's really very really common what what we hear here, and um, but when you think um, some people are mentioned and by uh, the points of others, yeah, suggested um, that there's not uh, not a priority for upper management to move towards a learning organization. There um, are really uh, when you're thinking of. Um, the human skills, building the human skills, you could perfectly do that on your own. And you could um, do that. And also some of the leadership practices or all of them, you could do in your team. You could just say, okay, if the um, senior management um, doesn't see that um, we have, we would benefit from moving towards a learning organization, then we just do it in our team or I just do it with some peers that all think the same way, like I am, um, like I am thinking. And um, you could, many things you could just do on your own with a kind of, what I, what I mentioned sometimes in this call, kind of an adaptation of the PDSA or PDCA cycle with this um reflection, intention setting, doing, adjust, uh, adjusting and reflecting and doing again. And if you have a team or if you have some peers who are walking, uh, working with you or who would, would want to develop in the same direction, just as one participant said, I can work, I can learn on my own. I don't need a training. Yes, exactly. You don't need a training. You could just work on your own with, with this very easy tools are also in another way, um, but you could meet um, if it's your daily huddle and you say, okay, Fridays, um, we just share what, what was our focus this week, what, what was our intention, what did we learn and how, do, how are we developing forward? Or you could, if it's people um, not, in your, not in your team, you could meet for coffee or for lunch and just share your learning and where you're going. It would be much easier if um, senior management would be on board, but it doesn't mean that you couldn't um, move forward with your team or with friends and peers in the organization. So with that, I have one last question for you, and that is what could be your one first or one next step towards a learning organization? And please, again, take one, two minutes and. Uh, again, I would be very happy if you would share your next step. So I've got some uh, things here. Awareness, uh, sharing my own mistakes, uh, Gembawa, self-awareness. I love the idea love of, of, of sharing mistakes. I share mistakes I make and I encourage others to do that. We did a whole podcast about that, Sabrina. <laughs> Sabrina was a guest on uh, one of my podcasts, My Favorite Mistake. Um, leaders model investment in their development. 
encouraging experimentation in my team to make it safe, aim to create a sense of psychological safety with the people I work with, learn to ask better questions to incite discussion and experiments, leader training, um, start with listening to understand, not to respond, um, encouraging employees to learn, learning to appreciate criticism, not defend against it, uh, shut down annual appraisals, um, go and see approach, um, get your fingernails dirty, um, making sure learning is recognized, um, use teaching moments to share learning experiences. So those, those are the comments. Thank you very much. I really love that. Um, I'm hoping very much that you um, won't forget uh, what, what you just typed in and really go for it and uh, really um, try to um, to work on that. If you just follow your, your development cycle, your PTCA, PTCA or PDSA uh, cycle, you can't fail. In my experience, you always move forward. And please share with at least one colleague um, and ask them if they would like or invite them to, to join you. That could be really a beginning of yeah, something bigger and something that, that's really helping your organization and uh, your, yourself and help your development in your current organization. Um, so I also um, added some um, further reading and free resources. There are much, much more. I just added something um, and the um, as Mark said, it will the, the slide deck will be will be sent to you all, so you could have a look um, for some books and uh, for um, also for a workshop that I really like very much, a team workshop um, that's from uh, provided by um, this, this information and yeah, schedule is provided from uh, by Granny Brown. I, um, I I did that sometimes and it always has positive effect on building trust in teams. And I also um, added two links for other kind of Nexus um, CI webinars on yeah, related topics. And with that, I um, want to thank you all. It was really a pleasure to talk with you. And thank you very much for all your engagement. Um, were so many great points. And yeah, I wish you all the best and very um, yeah, much success with uh, working towards um, building a learning organization in your environment. Um, and I would also uh, love to connect with all, you all. And um, please, if you like to connect, um, con um, give me a, a message on uh, LinkedIn or send me an email or visit my website. would be really happy to hear um, of all of you. And with that, I give it the word back to you, Mark. All right, well, thank you, Sabrina. Thank you so much for what you shared today. And I encourage people to continue Putting in questions, um, Sabrina's contact information, website, and email address will be on um, the slide that'll be up during uh, the Q&A, and you'll be sent a link um, to the slides um, where you can connect um, on LinkedIn. So before we go into Q&A, and while more questions are coming in, uh, we'll do a few announcements here um, about some other free resources that we'd like to uh, invite you to check out. Um, so first off, um, again, this uh, our session today is part of our Kinexus Continuous Improvement Webinar Series. If this is your first time attending, we encourage you, you can go to kinexus.com slash webinars and click on the right-hand side of the page. You can find our on-demand library, our, our whole history of webinars, including the webinars that uh, Sabrina mentioned. Um, they're all available there. They're always free. Our next webinar uh, we're going to have another presentation webinar in May, but we have something uh, coming up on Thursday, a really unique opportunity. It'll be a panel discussion webinar, um, and it's titled A Path Forward, Reflections on Patient Safety, Just Culture, and the Nursing Profession after the Redonda Vaught conviction. Uh, Redonda Vaught was a nurse who worked uh, at a hospital in Tennessee, um, was uh, involved in, she gave, well, she gave the wrong medication to a patient, that patient died, and then um, even, even worse, um, Redonda Vaught was uh, prosecuted and recently uh, convicted for what was arguably a systemic problem in that organization. So the panel, our esteemed panel of clinicians, 
includes Dr. Greg Jacobson, the CEO of Kinexus, who is an emergency medicine physician, uh, Kelly Reap, a clinical nurse specialist, Rebecca Love, who is a nurse and chief clinical officer for IntelliCare, and uh, Brian Wyrick, who is the chief nursing officer um, at Banner Health in Arizona. So again, that's going to be Thursday at one o'clock. Um, you can go and register for that today at kinexus.com slash webinars. We hope you will join us. It's, it's, it's a, a serious topic, but there, there's clearly a lot of learning and um, to come from this and, and to think about what organizations can do moving forward. Other announcements, we have um, our, our podcast, or actually, I think that if you can go to the next slide, um, it is about our blog. Um, you can go to blog.kinexus.com. Uh, there's content there many times a week. Um, you can subscribe to get new blog posts sent to you. So we encourage you to check out uh, the, if you click where it says improvement, that's our main blog. And then we have a customer blog that's more updates about our Kinexus software. We also have uh, our podcast series. Um, we encourage you to uh, find us in whatever podcast app uh, you use, uh, the Kinexus Continuous Improvement Podcast, or you can find links to all of that at kinexus.com slash podcasts. Uh, the audio of today's session, uh, again, will be made available in the podcast, and you can find the recording uh, on our YouTube channel, or again, we will be emailing that to you uh, tomorrow. So that is it for the announcements. There are a lot of thank yous um, in uh, the chat, first of all. There's a gracias and a danka uh, as well. So. so there, again, you can see Sabrina's email address and um, website address. So um, first off, Sabrina, there's a question here. that uh, says, how can leaders, if they're not trusted, how can they start building that trust back or maybe building it to begin with. Yeah, uh, building it to the begin to begin with um, is um, easier than um, if um, the people have some experiences and from these experiences, um, they don't feel trust. Then it's it's harder, but it, that doesn't mean that it can't be done and, and you can't move towards building more trust. Um, it's with conversation, it's with um, honest conversation from my experience, is the most powerful, even if it's if it's hard, the most powerful way to move forward. Um, it's sharing your thinking so that people don't misinterpret it, um, misinterpret what what you are saying or how you are looking, uh, because they think, oh, again, um, it seems like he doesn't like it or, or she doesn't like it or whatever. Um, and so, really. Share your thinking, share what you want to work on. Um, that um, needs some vulnerability, but that helps to, to build trust. Share what you would like to work on. For example, um, if you would like to be a better listener, share your intention for the week and um, ask people to, to yeah, call you out if you're, but because you will not always be perfect in with um, following your intention that's totally natural and 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 yes um, um ask them um to point you um um if, if you are falling back to old habits for example and um you could also encourage them to do the same to set an intention another one what what's what they just what they feel would be helpful for, for them and perhaps with that they are um realizing that no one is really perfect because um, yeah, it's, we are much. We are often talking about uh, leadership behaviors, and um, there are high expectations of leaders. And yes, it's it has um, it, it, it's it's um, quite reasonable. But on the other hand, it's totally unhealthy if um, people in an organization are expecting that their leaders are superhuman. That that's even um, it, that's yeah. Um, kind of just as bad um, as uh, leaders um, thinking there are people are not creative and can't think of great ideas. Um, so we have everyone in the organization has to understand uh, or to realize that we are all human and that we share this struggling in our, when we are trying to develop 
further and we are no one is perfect and for example when you when you have a look at this um, building trust workshop that i shared um there's a kind of uh, it breaks down to the autonomy of trust what's what's the really the tangible um yeah aspects of trust so that it's not so fluffy anymore and one is really expect positive intent and that is so important so perhaps you could do this workshop with your people uh, you could share your intention and invite them also to share their intention and develop in learning cycles i think that would be very helpful yeah. um yeah i think just to make a comment i'd be curious to hear your thoughts Please. on this i mean it i i think you sir you alluded to the idea that um let's say, you know, if there has been trust and it can take a long time to build trust, if something happens, something could happen that destroys trust very quickly. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, to where I think what you were saying was it can be more difficult to build it back once it's been mm -hmm. lost. Yes. I'd, I'd just be curious to hear any of your thoughts or experiences on trying to avoid that situation where there's a big oh. uh, decrease in trust. Yeah, trying to avoid this, um, I think everyone would uh, try to avoid some um, some situation where everyone else thinks negatively of them by nature, uh, by impression management, for example. But um, what I um, that doesn't mean that it does not happen. Perhaps you're just um, yeah not paying attention as you would like you you would where you would have paid. Um, in a moment, and you are just doing a mistake, and then you, yeah, there is this loss of trust. But you could use this situation for an open conversation. Um, well, and it's really a hard conversation, but share your wh why you did this mistake, um, 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 apologize, and but you really apologize if you mean it. If not, people will. <laughs> We'll immediately know that. Um, apologize if you mean it and um, um, say what you will do in the next situation and ask people to, um, yeah, to help you um, if they think it's going in a, in a, in a, in a um, similar direction, help you to make you aware, for example, really to share that and um, not just and talk about it. It won't be... Um, be you won't get away from that. Perhaps you won't hear something uh, because people are um, again, um, um, yeah, holding back. Um, but please, um, do uh, yeah, have this conversation even if it's hard. Yeah. Um, so another question here: Do you think the uh, HR department should be the promote the promoter of a cultural change like this? Can the HR department help promote? the learning organization idea. Yes, helping, yes, but it shouldn't be the leading force. Mm -hmm. um, the leading force um, in the ideal world um, should be the, the CEO, your CEO, the senior leadership team should be up, um, in the end, everyone in the organization on all levels. Um, that doesn't mean um, that if people in the HR department are seeing that it would be really beneficial to to move in this organ, uh, in this direction that they don't that they shouldn't uh, take initiative. I would recommend uh, really to um, have a um, kind of workshop format, perhaps in this yearly offsite meeting with your leadership team, and and really work with them. Ask them um, to to think about what would be really great, um, where they would like to strive, and then work with them. Um, to to find out perhaps what are the obstacles, and so you would come to that. Uh, it really, it's, I really speak from experience with the strategy um, workshops. I we always come to when we look deeper and go a little a step deeper. Um, we always come to these this people um, this people topics. Not only, but they are also part of of the whole story. Mm -hmm. So I would really, really encourage. Um, to get the buy-in from your leadership team. Yeah. There's another question here. Um, if you can go back and maybe repeat or elaborate on some of this, uh, Sabrina. Um, this question says, you mentioned a cycle um, that started with reflection 
and then some mm -hmm. other some other steps. <laughs> yes. What what was that? Um, if you want yes. to talk to it, or I don't know if you want to go back. Um, yeah. Um, this um, this inspired from the PDCA or PDSA cycle that you know from from yeah from lean, lean management or from uh, continuous improvement, and um, the suggestion is to really start with the study on the PDSA and so to do a reflection and think about um, what are your current habits and what are the results of your current habits and then to set an intention. Perhaps for example it's listening and you see oh yes sometimes um, when I really reflect honestly um, I'm not listening um, as long as perhaps would be beneficial uh, because I'm so passionate and I want to, to move forward and I have this feeling of urgency or whatsoever. So you do this reflection and then um, you set an intention. What kind of behavior uh, would be aligned with how you would like to be, how you would like to show up? Um, and so you set your, your broader intention, for example, listening really uh, without thinking of the next step and without um, yeah, really speeding up because you're feeling a sense of urgency, really taking your time, perhaps counting to 10 or whatever. And this, that's in the planning phase, you really have um, something very concrete and say, okay, in my daily huddle, for example, when someone um, is voicing um, an idea, and so I won't interrupt them, um, even if I have this um, urgency to do so, and I will just um, count to 10 before that. And perhaps, um, and count, uh, counting to ten, yes, but really listening at the time, um, um, and and let let someone really share their idea. Um, and in the evening, or at the end of the week, there's the next step, the third step, uh, or the fourth step. You have this reflection, intention, the concrete planning, and then you do that, and then you go back into the circle. You you check and adjust. You say, okay, I did that. Um, I tried, or at least I tried to to listen really with intention. I I tried to speak to ten. Did I do that? Yes or no? Or how did I purpose only count to five? Um, or forget, forgot about it when it was really um, um, a topic which was 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 really um, yeah where I was really passionate about. Um, and then you would try to adjust, or you said, okay, yes, I did it. Um, I counted to ten, but um, it was not the outcome that I wished. So we would think about what could you adjust. And so you go again, um, you set your intention, do your plan, and then the next day you have a next learning cycle. That's the idea. Um, there's a couple of questions here um, from Jesus. I'm going to take different pieces from um, a couple of these questions here. So um, first off, he says, um, the ideas presented here, as explained as explained by you, are quite easy to understand, yet it's really hard to create a learning habit in a company. Um, what training um, do you recommend we could give senior management? But then in another question, he says, I think this is worth connecting. We can present the facts and science of a more progressive management practices and managers maybe get excited about it, but only for a week and then they forget about it. Yeah. Really, consistency is a huge enabler um, to to move forward, and um, it's totally normal to, um, yeah, perhaps only get excited for some time, and then um, your routines, your your that your really your your normal patterns are kicking in, and you're feeling because you have no time, you're engaged in firefighting, all this this um, topics that we just heard. Um, uh, when you answered the last question, um, so it gets lost. And so you really have to help um, to um, um, set up something like, for example, when I set up um, this um, coaching capability program in my former um, um, company, um, I started with the leadership team um, with, a, with a short training and then they had six week, weeks to practice weekly and after the six weeks, they knew in advance that there would be a review and it would be a review and where another senior manager um, would uh, visit them and they really would have to, yeah, to, would have to present some learnings to give them a little, um, yeah, incentive for really to get started and to, to 
keep doing that for at least these six weeks. And um, I also send them reminders and how to um, impulses, how to um, how to overcome obstacles during, every week. And so, yeah, um, it was not perfectly successful, but it was um, much more successful if, if, as if I haven't did I haven't did that. And um, they really got into the habit to to practice that. So I would recommend something like. Um, a really short coaching capability uh, building program with what I, uh, what we learned uh, with um, listening on listening and on, on asking powerful questions, and then setting up peer to peer coaching teams or teams of three people perhaps so that if someone is missing, it still takes place. Um, I would also recommend to um, help people or set up um, um, with um, if you have. Um, um, Daily or, or, meet, uh, or weekly meetings with the team to set up um, some time to where everyone shares their idea, their intention for the week, and move together um, um, with your PDSA cycles, um, reflection, intention, doing, and, and checking, adjusting, and really to share that. Set your intention yeah. shortly at the beginning of the week, for example, and share your learnings at the end of the week. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Sabrina. I think we have time for um, to hear your thoughts on another part of the question that Jesus asked. Um, he says, one of the main obstacles to building a learning culture is the quote unquote traditional management view where leaders are doers and fixers. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on how we can try to help them or convince them to shift toward a more progressive view of leadership where learning is prioritized? Yeah. Or what I would add is instead of being the doer and the fixer being a servant leader or a facilitator yeah. or a, yes, a coach. Yes. Mm. From my experience, something someone was a um, very traditional leader and was very hesitant to um, jump to those ideas was really to offer it in this way that I said, um, you have the choice how to how to move forward and what performance your team um, could yeah could develop and it's you that um, um, in every every situation take um, some short um, kind of clarity pause or intention pause and think what's important now that we as a team have the best performance. Is it really that I, I'm in a firefighting or at least um, being the decider um, role and really um, um, yeah, just doing my normal kind of leadership? Um, or is it more important to move towards um, people development so that everyone can develop and thus the team gets gets better and gets higher performance? So really, it's your intention, a kind of you have the power and you have the responsibility to move towards um, yeah even higher performance in your team, and that's the way. At least that that uh, worked in my experience. Mm-hmm. Or suggest that. Yeah. And then we had something added here. It's really more of a comment, but I'll, I'll read it and maybe get a quick reaction from you, Sabrina, and then we'll wrap up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says here, a published statistics report that 61% of the quote unquote legacy management people will age out or retire by the year 2031. If a company is not building um a kind of a, a different style of leadership, if they're not educating the new younger workforce, then the company is destined to relearn these lessons again and again over time. Company leadership should be creating leadership training teams for the future. Yes, definitely. Just to make sure we don't just uh, have the younger people learning the old way of managing. So I'll, I'll leave it to you for a final thought on that. Yeah. Of- I, I totally agree that um, we, we should really deliberately do that. And um, don't always when we talk about um, leadership, and I also did that in my presentation as well, I said, as your your people leaders, invite them to the coaching training, but really to think of everyone in the organization to be leading um, in their sphere and so that invite everyone to to develop and um, expect this leadership practices from everyone. So that would also help, not also developing, only developing, but also help to understanding that it's not 
it's not so easy and that um, you really would have to be superhuman to do it perfectly. But that would be my idea just to move forward. Well, Sabrina, thank you so much for the presentation today. Thank you for sharing uh, sharing your thoughts and frameworks and ideas that that people can go and check out. You know, I think in particular uh, the Amy Edmondson material and and her research in the book. I really would would second the suggestion to go uh, and check that out. It's such an important topic. So um, there are more thank yous coming in through the chat. Um, great job here, Sabrina. Thank you again for doing. Thank the you very much. Thank you very much, um, Mark, for having me today. It was such a pleasure and such a great experience. And thank you very much to all of you who participated for yes, all your comments, for your wonderful questions. It was a pleasure to work with you during this hour. Thank you very much. Yeah. Have a great day and have a great week, everyone. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for attending.